Baruchim Abayim, and welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday program with special guests. Tonight we have with us Rabbi Tzvi Balski Shlita. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. Well, ours, finally in the Chazak headquarters. First time? First time here. Yeah, I don't oh think I've gosh. been here before. Okay, okay. I saw the pictures about. of all the great Gedolei Israel <laughs> over here, and Yaniv tells me <laughs> to come. How can I not be here? Thank you very much for joining us, Rabbi Balski. And tonight we're going to be talking about your illustrious father, the life and legacy of Rabbi Yisrael, of Chaim Yisrael Balski. And before we do that, if you could give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself and the great work you're involved with. Thank you, Rabbi Yenif, for having me. What an honor. So I grew up in the Kensington section in Brooklyn. That's Borough Park, Flatbush, Kensington, in just between. in the middle. In between. Right. That's exactly it. Tarvadas, Yeshiva Tarvadas in 1968, I believe, moved from Williamsburg to Kensington. My father and my parents moved when the Yeshiva moved. I went to Tarvadas from... Preschool all the way through. Was your father a Shiva? My father was a He was. He was a Rebbe since way before I was born. My father became a Rebbe in Tarvadas in 1965 when Rav Epstein, who was later here in Queens, got sick. He had he lost his voice. He maybe had laryngitis. He had some something. He he became sick. Some he became ill, and temporarily my father took over his shear for one year, and then it continued. I think shortly after that, Rav Zelig Zechariah moved to Queens. And um, Interesting. and uh, I don't know exactly when, but at some point near the end, my father continued. My father was like 25 when he started saying Shir in Tarvadas. Wow. And uh, so he was always a Magad Shir, always one of the Rashi Yeshiva. So until I, the first year after high school, we call first year Beis Medrash, I was there in Tarvadas. And then I went to learn in Passaic for three years under the Yeshiva of Megas Stern. Then from there I went to learn in Eretz Yisrael in Yerushalayim for two years in Brisk. Um, and then after Brisk, I went to Tells. I had an uncle, a big tzaddik, my father's mother's um, husband, Rabbi Moshe Reuven Barkin, a very special person, lived in Cleveland, and he asked me to come to Tells. I uh, went to Tells. I later joined the Koyal in Tells. I became a Rebbe in the Bikiyas Shir in Tells for a few years. And then uh, in about 2011 or 12, I joined the administration as a, an administrator in the yeshiva. And then in 2016... Rabbi Reuven Wolf, who knows Chazak very well, is a supporter of everything you guys do, uh, asked me to join him. He had There was a lot of aliyah, a lot of immigration from France at the time, 2015-16, a lot of immigration to Israel, and they didn't have anyone taking care of their educational needs, and he, together with some other people, started an organization called the French Children's Fund. Yaldeit was very involved, and he asked me to join to help get the organization off the ground, and he told me at the time that... You know, as long as the Aliyah, as long as this immigration from France is very high, we're going to continue building this organization. But as soon as Aliyah goes down, we'll maintain whatever we have. But we have another organization called Berhagola that's right here in Brooklyn. And he's the chairman of the board of trustees of Bar- board of governors of Berhagola. And um, it was important to him that he had someone there helping him in the long term. So in 2016 and 17, I slowly joined Berhagola. I'm currently the executive director of Berhagola. And also under... The leadership of Rabbi Mordechai Germain was a real tzaddik and a special person. What a leader! And after his father, of course, Rabbi Mordechai Germain, and his mother, Ms. Leah Germain, big tzaddikim, and everyone that I speak to has such special memories of them. And now I am the executive director of, Bar- of Berhagola, and also I write a weekly inspirational column in the Yetted Neman. Oh, wow. So, Amazing. Rabbi Balski, very we're... inspiring. And uh, that's how I know Rabbi Balski. Baruch Hashem, Chazashem, with uh, his uh, position at Baragola. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and my father used to say, Chazak with a Q. That's right. right? I, I have to okay. tell you an amazing Chizuk inspiration story that your father is at Tal. I was at a uh, dinner and uh, I was leaving and your father was just about to come in. And I'm like, oh, let me take the opportunity. And I uh, introduced myself and... Uh, 
And I say, I'm from Chazak. He's like, of course, Avada, Chazak with a Q. And they give me such a chizik. This is the beginning stage of the organization. More or less. They give such chizik. We had a shmooz and we got to talk. We got to right. connect. And he was so warm and so so open. And, and he was listening and we were discussing. And just the God is the greatness of your father. So, so you know, that, that leads us into a great of Chaim Yisrael Belsky. Zatal was a God, a great rabbi, a huge rabbi who impacted many, many, many people. Uh, what is one quality that your father would define himself by, Rabbi? What would so I'll, I'll answer that with a short anecdote, a short story. Sure. Uh, a, a close friend of the family, someone who's actually almost like a brother to me, uh, Michal Kroll lives in Mansi. He said he was once walking my father home from Tarvadas. We lived three or four blocks away from Tarvadas. He was walking my father home and he noticed that my father was uncomfortable. He was sore on his hand, on his arm. And my father kept on like, uh, you know, he was sore on his arm. So he said, Rebbe, what happened? He said he had to take a blood test today, and there was a rookie, a new um, phlebotomist, the, the nurse who took mm. the blood, and she wasn't able to find the vein, and it took her 11 or 12 times until she got the vein. So he says, Rebbe, I don't understand. Why didn't, after two or three times, why didn't you ask, you know, can I speak to the supervisor? You know, can, you, <laughs> can, I, can you get someone more experienced? So he was expecting a standard answer. Well, I would make her feel bad. I didn't want to hurt her feelings. That's not what my father said. He said, you know what the answer is? I'm a, I am an educator. I'm a mechanic. She had to learn. Oh, wow. Was she Jewish? Probably not. That wasn't, that wasn't important. But that's, he was telling this Talmud of his that that's defined him. That was in his neshama more than anything else. He was an educator. And anyone who knows my father knows that when you asked him a question, he was very famous as a Paisik halacha. He never just answered the question. He always explained to you why. He gave, explained to you the background. And sometimes you would say, you know, you're like, I'm in a rush. I just want to know the answer. But, but that wasn't him. He wanted to make sure that you understood at least a little bit of what he understood. It was very important that he brought people up and explained to them and helped them understand. So he was a mechanic. There's no question in my mind that he would define himself, if he would have to define himself with one word, it was an educator. And we say every morning, HaMelamed Torah Alamo Yisrael. The Rebani Shalom is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a Melamed. He's a teacher. He teaches Torah. What does it mean? The Torah is impossible for a human being to understand. Nobody ever understood Torah in its perfection. Torah is just too, too, too much. It's too high. Even the, of course, we know the great Sadiq and the great Kedilei Torah understand Torah way beyond what we do. But even then, like the Ramban says that he doesn't understand a small fraction. The Ramban says this. He doesn't understand a small fraction of what there is to understand in Sisri Torah. So the Rebani Shalom is a Malamid. Why? Because he teaches us, it's like, he's like teaching us like we're little children. He's teaching Aleph, Beis, Gimel. That's what the Rebani Shalom is. He's sort of taking his time to teach human beings the Torah. So my father actually, the Baragola, where I work, he, my father was one of the founders of Baragola. In the 70s, he taught himself Russian. Because wow. there were a lot of Russians coming across, coming new, and he felt that he wanted, he, he always had a very soft spot for the Russians because he felt that in the, after World War I, when the, when the communism started, there was a whole group of Jews who were separated, cut off, not at their own choice. They were forced to be completely separated from their brothers and sisters in the rest of the world. And he felt that it wasn't right. We have to do whatever we can in order to help them. So he taught himself Russian. When, before I was born, when I was a little child, my sister, my older siblings tell me, that he conducted the Seder on Pesach, partially in Russian, because there were so many Russians there, and they wow. didn't understand it fresh that off the boat. that is so inspiring. Unbelievable. So that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's and I'll, I want to share with you a vart that I recently heard from Avlipa Geldworth, beautiful, uh, he's a Rav in Flatbush. It says in Chazal, shal Haman lamdu There was descendants of Haman Harasha, 
who learned Torah in the city of Nebrak. So Rav Tzadok HaKoyen, the great Hasidish Rebbe, Rav Tzadok HaKoyen from the late 1800s, early 1900s, he said a, an incredible, beautiful, beautiful heart that really goes to the heart of what we're talking about now. He says, why was Haman Zoha, why did Haman merit to have descendants learning Torah in Bnei Brak? Haman, Haman had Russia, he wanted to destroy Kal Yisrael, so he says an incredible thing. It says there was the king of Amalek in, Chaza, in, in the time of Tanakh, in the time of Shmuel Hanavi, was a person named Agog. He was a king, right. king of Amalek. He was going to get killed. He knew he was going to die the next day. Shmuel Hanavi was going to kill him. He was going to die. And it says that he cried. It says in the Medrash that he cried. The Medrash said, why did he cry? He cried because of the, the, he, he foresaw he was going to die, the destruction of his family, of his lineage. He wasn't going to be able to have any more children, and he wasn't going to be able to educate his children. He was going to die. He must have been quite young. And Rav Tzadik says, who cries about the destruction of their children? Who lives so much for their children, for the future, that they're, gonna, they're crying? That's what they think. He's dying. That's what he's thinking about. He's crying about Hilayon Zaro, the destruction of his children, of his lineage, of his family. That's a Jewish cry. Mm-hmm. Jewish people cry for the, we cry more than anything else. Avinu, of Harachaman. We ask Hashem, who's full of mercy, what are we asking for? Are we asking for healing from sickness? Are we asking for parnasah? When we say the greatest expression, when we evoke the greatest expression of rachamim, of mercy, we ask Hashem for Torah. Vino of rachaman, teach us Torah. Right? So a Jewish person, and is the deepest recess of their heart, ask with evoking the greatest emotion for education, for Torah, to have that their children should be able to grow and learn and be good and be special and be godly, that is a Jewish cry. And he says, the Rav Tzadik says, because Agog cried like a Jew before he died, he was exactly. Zaychet to that which the Jews cry for, to have uh, people in Torah. So that is, this defines, defines, this is more than anything else. In our essence, we're supposed to be Mechanchem. And listen to this. We teach a young child to make a bracha, right? We teach him how to make a bracha, shahakal, and we teach him to make a bracha before learning Torah. What does he say? A four-year-old, a five-year-old? Hashem, make the Torah pleasant in our, in our, in our hearts, in our, in our mouths, and make it help us that our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren should learn Torah, should study Torah. Are we crazy? A four-year-old, a five-year-old, davening for his great-grandchildren, for his enoklach, for his, <laughs> for his descendants? There's time for that. It's not now. The answer is, there is no time for it. There's no other time. That is our life. That is who we are as a people. Who we are as a people is people who want to make sure that we have children, descendants, the next generation should learn Torah and grow in Torah and follow the ways of Hashem and grow. That is who we are as a people. And that's I think, defines the agenda of Berhagola. It defines who my father was. And it defines the agenda of Chazak, I think. I don't know everything that Chazak does, but Chazak is here to spread Torah and Yiddishkeit and and Midas Tevis and Yeras Shemayim and inspiration. Never enough inspiration. Never enough. We're always looking to do more. And Baruch Hashem Chaz Thank God 
We've had tremendous success with our yeshiva placement division, placing kids from public schools to yeshiva. Sure. And one of the many yeshivas that we worked with was uh, Baragola on top of the list. And they were really always uh, looking to improve and to help make ways simpler for families from our community right. to get there. I will never forget there was a issue with the bus routes. It was taking a little bit too long to get this started sitting in the yeshiva got extra buses right. to make it a smoother ride so we know that your father Zatzal was involved with so many projects that impacted the whole gamut of colleagues so of the entire Jewish people but you know our amazing listeners listening to this might be thinking I'm not a huge rabbi I'm not a gadol uh, like your father was so maybe I don't have to take upon it myself a huge responsibility and being involved with the cloud with the community. What would you uh, tell such an individual? Do they have to be Rav Chaim Yisrael Balski and a huge posting in a Rosh Hashiva to be able to be involved? Or is it for the Amcha? For That's the a good question. I want to tell you something. Um, who is my father's Rebbeim? Who, who taught him? Obviously his Rebbeim in Tarvadas, Reb Yankiv, and then he went to Reb Moshe, was Rebbeim. But I think that anyone who knew my father way back, any of my father's siblings, I would imagine, I can't speak for other people, but I think that anyone who really knows my father would say that the people who taught him to be who he was were his mother and father. Parents. My father's parents, my grandparents were great people. They were wonderful tzaddikim. But they were balibatim. My grandfather was a working man. He learned in yeshiva. He actually, as a young boy, went from America to learn in Radin, in the Chavetz Chaim yeshiva. Really? Wow. He was a Talmud Chacham. He was a wonderful person. And my grandmother was tzaddikah, nifla. Incredible. But they weren't Rabbanim. They weren't Gedolei Torah that, you know, people are saying uh, that, that the whole world knows about. They were incredibly special. And they were my father's teachers. They taught my father. They were the ones that brought up my father. So if you want to know, can anyone else be Rav Chaim Yisrael Belsky, the Rashiv of Torah Das? Maybe, maybe not. I don't, want to, I don't think we have to get into that discussion. But you could be, you could emulate, first of all, his parents who brought up Someone. So if you want to have a child or you want to have a grandchild like a, a big Rosh Yeshiva, the f- place to start is with yourself. And that's number one. Number two is anyone could learn from his dedication and his uh, caring and never, never looking, you know, never giving up on a person. I want to tell you a, a short story that I heard from my aunt, Mrs. Barkin, who just moved from Queens, from, from uh, Cleveland to Lakewood. Oh, I thought Queens. I got excited for a moment. <laughs> she told me that um, when she was a girl, a young girl in, in Williamsburg, my parents, my, my father grew up in Williamsburg, she once heard a knock on the door and she opened it up and there was a very disheveled looking African American man. And she got very, she said, he said, I'm hungry. So she got very scared and she closed the door and she ran inside and told her mother that there was a black man at the door and she was got very scared. So her mother said, a person, a person says he's hungry. A person looks disheveled. He's hungry. He doesn't have what to eat. And he just closed the door on him. So she took some bread and some other things and she put it into a bag and said, let's go outside. Let's hope he's still there and let's give it to him. And, you know, that's, that's what my father grew up on. Uh, and, and he was a person who, the most forlorn people, the people who no one else wanted to take care of found their way to our house and found their way to his, his parents' house. The same thing. He learned wow. from them. And uh, people who anyone else may have given up on, people, other people would say, eh, there's, there's not, nothing will ever come from them. There's no future. There's no purpose. I'm wasting my time. And for him, Chazal teach, the Torah teaches that every Jew is godliness. Every Jew has a Tzalem Aleikim. We're all brothers. And there was no difference. You couldn't. You didn't help another person because of what would come out of him. You helped them because they have the spark of God in them. 
and even a guy has a tzamalikim. So uh, that's something that everybody could learn from, and everyone could learn from from definitely his parents uh, and him and him. Um, I want to tell you something else. Sure. Pashas Yisrael uh, is just around my father's yard sign. And he said a very beautiful vart. And I think this vart also explains a lot about what Chazak does as, a, as an organization. Yisrael, Rashi says in the beginning of, of Pashas uh, Yisrael, Rashi says that Yisrael was so great, he was so incredible, because he was at the top of his world. Right, he was he a was prince. A prince and he left everything behind converted to go to, to the converted to Judaism, and he went to the desert, a desolate place with no luxuries and no all of the things that he had there, all the amenities that he had back in in Midian. And he went to the desert to study Torah. That's what Rashi says right at the beginning of Pashas Yisrael. Two pesukim later, it says, Moshe Rabbeinu taught Yisrael. He told him over all of the great things that Hashem did, all of the, the miracles Hashem did to the Jewish people. Right. Says Rashi, why did Moshe Rabbeinu tell that to Yisrael? First I'll say it in Hebrew, then I'll translate. To draw his heart closer to the Torah. So my father said, such a person who we just said three psukim ago, who is at the top of the world and left everything to learn Torah, and he's tell you how great he is, needs to be drawn out. My father said the answer is, there's never enough chizuk. Wow. It's never enough. You could be ah. Yisrael, you could be at the top of the world. There's never enough Chazak with the Q. There's never <laughs> enough inspiration. So Powerful. So, Amazing. um... But he said parallel is another thing where he told him, like, in a story. So story is also very important that's right. to inspire people and it's to heart. people. It's the heart. Right. And, uh... Wow. He had to draw his heart. Draw his heart. It's not enough to be intellectually connected. It's not enough to... Hold of it intellectually, your heart has to be there. So that's I always why say it's very... important to be mechazik, to strengthen those that are near, as opposed to being mekarv, bringing close those that are far. That's what people are always busy right. with, which is very important. We're working full right. force with cure, but there's also the chizik right. aspect, like the rabbi is saying beautifully. Very, very inspiring and a beautiful chiddush, a very nice insight. That was your father's. That's my father's said, yes. Amazing, amazing. Um, Rabbi Belsky, we have a Minyaga custom of a final message, but before we do the final message, if you could tell me a little bit about, uh, I know there's a lot of books, and there's Chidushin, uh, and there's insights, and there's, uh, you even told me that the last year of the Rav's uh, Parsha uh, Shirem are recorded. Um, if, the, if one would want to learn more, uh, or to delve into the life and legacy more of, of your Holy Father, what, what do you suggest? Is there? So I suggest a couple of things. First of all, uh, on there's a in a website called MP3 Share M P number three Share dot com I believe that has many shirim uh, that my father gave but there's yeah. something really special there called Da Mashatashiv Know what to answer to an apikaris because I'll say know oh, what wow. to answer to a person who yeah. argues with the Torah but it's really not given to know what to answer because we're not supposed to engage with people who but it's really intellectually and uh, internally to know ourselves what the true hashkafa is and there's maybe. 50 or 60, uh, 20 to 30 minute lectures over there. It's a series. He goes through every single question. He goes through Amuna, uh, Bitachon, Yediya, Bechira, you know, the, the, the questions wow. of very fundamental questions, evolution, science, and Torah, many different things. Very, very, very wonderful. It helped me a lot, and I saved it, and I listened to it. I refer back to it. Another thing is on kolhalashon.org or .com, you can search. There's a, they have a way to search under Rabbi. So on the entire Torah and on Yamim Tovim, 
there's many lectures, hundreds of lectures that he that, that are there. And then there's a book from art school called Rav Belsky. Mm-hmm. That's a very, very, very beautiful book. Incredibly inspiring. A couple of years ago yeah. it came out. Uh, written by Rabbi Shimon Finkelman. Uh, they did an amazing job, a very incredible, beautiful job on that book. And then there's, uh, there's um, halachically speaking, from a Talmud of my father, Rabbi yeah. Leibowitz. from Our friend, yeah. yeah. He's been on Torah Talks. Uh, yeah, and uh, many different Talmudim put out... Uh, put out. My Rebbe's at Rav Aaron Walken, uh, Rosh Hashiva at Chazak, was uh, always quoting uh, yeah. Rav Zatzal, and it was a Talmud, in a sense, would go to this year. Walken is such a... Yeah. Side. We miss him. I miss him. Such a, I didn't yeah. know him well, but I met him a few times. Yeah. Such a... Loving... Heartsigger. Heartfelt person and such a tzaddik and so uplifting. Whenever he spoke, it was with such inspiration. I just the few times that I met him and heard him was just I hold on to it. Special person, yeah, definitely. So one Very final nice. message, Rabbi Balsi, that you can leave uh, our broader audience. And uh... so I want to tell you something. I want to uh, share another thing my father said on Parshas Yisro, and sure. this I think will be in, in place of the final message. He said that Moshe Rabbeinu was judging Klal Yisrael. People came to him with their fights, their disputes, their questions, and Yisrael was following and said, this is crazy. From the morning till the night, you have no, you're just standing on your feet. It's not, you have to delegate. You have to, you have to delegate, that, yeah. right? So he said, Yisrael told Moshe to set up a system of judges, the judges that take care of small cases, you know, petty matters, small, and then bigger judges, and even bigger judges, and if they can't take it, an organized system, Right. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't figure out how to make an organized system. Yeah, he needed father-in-law to tell him. He needed to tell him how to make an organ to be organized, right? It's it even you know it even says in Chazal that Moshe was a king in a certain city. Maybe I forgot what the name of the city. There's a medrash that when he was when he was away from from Mitzrayim, when he ran away, he was away for many years. He had been a king, so he knew how to run a country. Right. He needed Yisro to tell him. So my father said, "No." He said, "A Jew's life has to find a balance." between heartfelt dedication and drive and stopping at nothing to help Eden, stopping to, at nothing to help Jews, to be fired up and be completely driven by fire on one side and formality on the other side. You have to be formal because if, you, if, if you're not formal, if you don't have rules and you don't have systems set up in place, You'll, like Yisro said, you'll, 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 you won't be able to, to function. You'll, you'll burn out. You'll burn out. Yeah. And at the Sheni, the other side, if you only have fire, if, if, if you only have organization, you don't have fire, you're not going to take care of people. You're not going to help people. You're going to turn people away. You're not going to be doing the work on behalf of Klai Yisrael with the heart. So Moshe knew, of course Moshe knew that we needed formality. We needed organization. But it couldn't come from him. He had to remain firmly focused on the fire, on the drive, on the determination never to turn away a Jew, always to help every single Jew that comes to him. The organization had to come from the outside. Someone else had to come and say, listen, we have to set up a system. But Moshe was as fired as fired up as ever. That didn't change. He was as driven and as committed as ever. That never changed. So that's something with you know, in our own lives, every person has to has to uh, try always to find that balance between, and the, you know, to try to emulate my father in that respect. He was always driven, always fired up, and always wanted to help no matter what. Never turned the person away. And there's a second thing I would say, is that someone asked my father's father, like I said, was a wonderful tzaddik of Yid. He was a balabas. He asked him, how are you Zohar to have a child like this so great? You know, 
So he says, I don't know. I don't know the ways of Hashem. But if there's one thing I would have no choice to answer, I would say this. He said, he, in the beginning of when World War II was just starting, and we saw, he said, we saw that the great rabbis in Europe and were going to be, that civilization of Torah in Europe wasn't going to last. We saw that. We knew they that was happening. It. They felt it. And he said, I had a Rebbe, my grandfather said, uh, Rav Shraga Feivel Mendelovich, who was the Menahel of Tarvadas. He used to like calling himself Mr. Mendelowitz, but he was a big tzaddik. He was the head of Tarvadas. And he said, for a, a while, every night, I would go to Rav Shraga Feivel's house, and I would cry. I'd say, what's going to be with the, Jew, the, the, the youth? What's going to be with our children? They're never going to see a Chavetz Chaim. They're never going to see a Rav Baruch Ber. They're never going to see... Uh, all these tzaddikim, all these rabbanim, all these great tzaddikim that I saw that our past generation knew existed in Vilna and in Lithuania and in Poland and Germany. They're never going to see these people. What's going to be with our youth? And he told, my grandfather said, you can't imagine how heartfelt, how really, really in the depth of my soul, it really hurt me. It hurt me that our children won't see it. Because the Rebani Shalom is a bochein li botuklayot. The Rebani Shalom knows what's going on. He can measure and evaluate what's in my heart and he knew how heartfelt and serious and strong I cared and maybe the Rebbe Shalom was paying back saying you cared so much about the future of Kali Yisrael I'm going to give you a son that's going to that's going to ensure the future of Kali so I think that like going back to your previous question how can we emulate our job is not to emulate um, others. Our job is to learn from others and be the best of version of ourselves that we can be. And everyone could care. Everyone could think about and question themselves. Are we doing enough? Are we davening enough? Are we concerned about our, our own education, our children's education? Are we, do we think about another Jew? And when we see another Jew who's in pain, do we see them as a, just another person or do we see them as a Tselmalikim, a spark of godliness who needs to be nurtured and brought up and helped? These are all things that, uh, when we, you know, the, the following in the ways and trying to emulate my father's itself uh, will bring an Ilan Neshama for him and it will make the world a better place. Amen. Rabbi Tzvi Balski, Yashakach, your father, shall be a male and the entire family, the entire college of Jewish people. We shall only share in Smachot and happy occasions and you should continue your holy Avodat Kodesh, the holy work uh, with Bergol and everything else you're involved with. Visit him for many, many years to come. We should be Zachat to see the Gula. Amen. The resurrection of the dead and we'll be all united once again. Visit Hashem. I want to thank Rabbi Balski for coming down. I'm Even very, very grateful for you inviting me. Thank and, you so much. Uh, we want to uh, give a shout out and thank you to uh, the entire Chazak team over here. Uh, behind the camera is Natan Behar, and we have uh, Robbie, and we have Mayer, and we have uh, Natan, we have Izzy, and, and the whole team. A uh, shout out to Torney Time for hosting this podcast along with all the other podcast uh, platforms that are having uh, our Torah Talks. DailyGiving.org, the holiday goes a very far way. We encourage everyone to check that out. And visit Jim, we should be Zachel, like was mentioned before, to say the Gulashkema. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you.